When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week we're featuring special guest Colin Stein. Say hello, Colin. Hi, guys. <laughs> I, well, I realized we did not plan any of that. I was like, oh, crap. What do no, I we didn't. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go into. So uh, this week, uh, Colin Stein is on the show. Uh and if you guys know him from the Ninja Turtle community, Colin is uh, a shit poster. Oh, wait a I, I should have asked. Can I? I can't. Can I, can't I? <laughs> You're fine. I, you, you can, can say that. Yeah. Can yeah. Avengers you, movie cuss. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> yeah. keep it. Keep it on the DL. That's kind of all we're going <laughs> for, you know. Yeah. Clearly, people I take their kids. Not thinking about it. I am sorry. What? <laughs> okay. They say kids. if they can say it in an Avengers movie, we can say it here, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We just try and keep it to you know about. Avengers movie levels of of language here. Is all this is all this going to be in the episode, or are we going to, or do we yeah. want to take this over? We'll leave it. It's fun. Uh, okay. Well, well, I'm sorry, Captain. <laughs> this is going to be I all super awkward. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh man, what what a great start to this episode. So, uh, Colin is a good friend of mine uh, who is just a fantastic member of the Ninja Turtle community. And the reason why we asked him on this episode this week uh, is because thanks to Netflix, we had the opportunity to see the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie early and give our thoughts on it. So this is kind of a surprise episode. Um, I mean, so huge thank you to Netflix for uh, extending that out to us, giving us the opportunity to talk about the movie because... This is kind of the big thing until the next, you know, next big thing for Turtles. But this is like the finale of the Rise era. And so to be able to talk about it early and, you know, kind of absorb it with how long we've been able to watch this. Uh, it's really cool. And I, I huge thank you to the team at Netflix who gave us this opportunity again. Um, but Colin, being a huge Rise of the Ninja Turtles fan like me, uh, I needed some backup <laughs> so we could talk about how great uh, of a time we had with this oh, yeah, movie. So, so you bring out the big guns over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, so, so Colin, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Cause I've, I did my best to kind of summarize, but yeah, you could do that uh, real quick. Yeah. I just, uh, I just really like turtles. Uh, I'm not really associated with any uh, like brand or podcast. I'm just some guy who's doing it on his own. Uh, you might have seen the uh, the wall calendars that I organized and produced with uh, 37 different artists. Um, I've also made pins and stickers. Uh, last summer, I did a giveaway every week 
uh, I currently have a Patreon going on uh, where I just make little rise trinkets that I send out. But I'm also working on a fan streaming event to celebrate uh, Rise of the Ninja Turtles movie called uh, Colin Con because I clearly don't have a, a better name than that. All right, we'll, <laughs> but, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go more into that at, at the end. But Okay, uh, well, that's what I've got I, going on. So uh, yeah, just around. <laughs> Colin Con, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's good alliteration. So. I, I, I love it. Uh, so uh, I guess... I'm the one that's going to be telling the story tonight. Yeah, spoiler alert! Uh, like super spoiler. Alert, oh yeah, I think, and, and we want to coming out before the movie. Yeah, and out, we want to so, talk about this. Yeah. Like this, this episode is dropping on August second. Uh, so if you guys have not watched the movie, the movie comes out on August fifth uh, on Netflix. So if you have not watched the movie yet, this is going to be a huge, huge spoiler. All we're going to talk about is the movie. I'm going to recap it right now, real quick. We're going to talk about the stuff that we found. So if you want to go into the movie fresh, don't listen to this episode until after that movie comes out. Uh, but we wanted to get it out first so people could get our first impressions and, you know, hopefully we catch stuff. And if you're the kind of person that doesn't mind you, you know, knowing what you're going to get when you go in, you know, feel free to listen to this episode. But yeah, uh, huge, huge spoilers. So um yeah, if you're, if you're going to wait to listen, be sure to listen twice because that helps our statistics and whatnot. Yeah, download yeah. the episode, then listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> then then maybe listen to it a third time. Just and then maybe case. listen to it a third time. Right, really sink it into the brain. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess with all that housekeeping out of the way, uh, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain the story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So our story begins on a post-apocalyptic Earth. Leonardo and his mentee, Casey Jones, are running from the Krang. When all hope is lost, they decide that the only way to stop the Krang, because they've failed in their future, is to go back in time and stop the Krang from ever coming in. Master Michelangelo, now having the power to open portals in time, can begins to open a portal in time uh, so that a so that the young Casey Jones can be can go into the past find the key and stop the crank unfortunately this takes all of Michelangelo's power and he succumbs to just the immense draw on his body as he crumbles into dust Leonardo knowing that his time has come as well sends Casey into the past with just a favor after yeah, he stopped the crank to grab a slice. He flings Casey into the time portal and Leo unfortunately runs into the Krang who then decimate him. Casey crying goes into the past, realizes that he's there and now given this opportunity to save the, his future goes off and we get our title card Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. The story in the present day begins with the turtles goofing off as they normally do. Uh, Leonardo setting the world record for most pizzas boxes stacked while climbing up the bri- the Brooklyn Bridge. Raph uh, is upset that Leo blows off the training and still isn't taking leader being a leader seriously. When they find out that two of their old nemesis, Hypnopotamus and their greatest nemesis, Warren Stone, uh, are in the middle of an escape from a museum 
they decide the four turtles decide to go after and give chase to stop them from whatever they stole. Leonardo then takes it upon himself to be the Leonardo of this show, and he still isn't ready to work as a team. So the four turtles then they stop the they stop Hypno and Warren Stone from have from stealing this item, but then through Leo's arrogance and ego, he actually causes the Foot Clan to wind up with the item. And as the four the four the Foot Clan and then Warren Stone and Hypno disappear with the item, Raph blames Leo Leo for this loss. Back at uh, East Laird University, April, who's now a young journalism major, uh, is investigating some big chemical secret at the at the college when Casey Jones, who was sent into the past with a picture of a drawing of the key that he's supposed to find, but on the other side is a key, is a picture of the four turtles, April and Splinter, realizes that he can go to April to ask her for help he finds april she knocks him out but then sees the picture and takes him back to the lair casey back at the lair wakes up and is trying to explain to them that he was sent in the past to stop the krang uh then leo unfortunately tells uh, casey that the key was already taken by the foot clan when raf when raf says the future isn't written yet we can go get the key from the from the foot clan we know where it is as the team goes to the foot clan's uh base the foot clan has already started opening the portal that that will bring the krang in from their dimension casey realizing this uh is sent to go try and stop them however unfortunately uh the krang are brought through and just absolutely decimate everybody there the turtles have to retreat but leo not wanting to take the defeat makes a mad dash to go grab the key at the last second wrath goes up there to help him and has donatello's escape pod that was meant for him attaches it to leo and sends leo back to the base with the krang capturing wrath back at the back of the sewer lair the, the defeated teens uh try to figure out a plan to go back and save Raph when Leo takes it the hardest because it's his fault that Raph was captured. Back at the Krang's base, Raph is mutated by the Krang after not giving up anything about the turtles or anything like that. When the turtles uh, make it into the Krang's lair, they find that it's very hard to get into. Uh, but as they get up to the top floors, they find Raph, but he's horribly mutated uh, and begins to attack, uh, begins to attack them uh, because the turtles still have the key, uh, but the Krang get it back now. The turtles then make a last ditch effort to try and stop the Krang. Going to have an all out, uh, an all out attack on the Krang's base that they're bringing in through their portal, which is the Technodrome. Uh, they are pulling the Technodrome through the same portal that they were that they came out of. When Leo finally, dis, you know, figures out what it takes to be a leader, he then rallies the team like he's really never done before. The team finally gets together. They go after them. 
And then Leo rallies the team one more time when he's fighting Raph solo. Raph then breaks the mind control that the Krang had had over him and then makes the ultimate sacrifice to pull him and the Krang back into the Krang's dimension so that they're trapped there forever. When Leo does this, uh, he pulls everybody back in there. Everybody gets away. Uh, but then at the last second, Michelangelo remembers that Casey told him how he was sent back in time. So Michelangelo uses his mystic powers in a way that he's never done before. And he begins to open a portal to pull Leo back. And as he does, he, they trap the Krang in the dimension forever. And then everybody's happy. Casey stays here in the past now that he's successfully rewritten time. And he eats pizza. And he eats he eats that pizza. I made a point to say that, and I forgot to say it again at the end. He, <laughs> he grabs that slice that Leo told him to get. The end. Yippee. Riveting. So that was very much an abridged version. Yes. Uh, and, and you definitely are missing out on all of the you know action scenes and the yeah everything else that comes with there's that. there's a ton the that goes on and and i mean we're gonna get into it right now so uh let's do that let's do that second time around hey nice junk all right so the first few little easter eggs that i noticed is there's kind of multiple little like nods in the background to previous versions of ninja turtles so there is when they're going around a corner uh, I can't remember which character it is, but you see him coming, like walking along the entrance to the subway. The guy that looks like Bebop, and another guy next to him that must be Rocksteady. I'm not 100 certain on that one, but he definitely, yeah, he definitely looked like Bebop and Rocksteady. I mean, before we get into the Easter eggs, I'm like, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about like the the steps up in animation that this movie had. Oh yeah, like the. <laughs> Like it's constantly said, like the the episodes where Rise like can take its time and like has the budget, like those are the best episodes of Rise. Like this is this is that, but the whole thing is the good episodes of Rise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think this kind of addresses a lot of what people had issues with with Rise in terms of like the episode length and kind of the general attitude because a lot of a lot of it is addressed in this um and this is kind of a standalone movie too um it, it builds off of rise the tv show but it it's definitely kind of its own thing mm-hmm. and i'll get i'll get into that in some of my later points too but um i just wanted to throw it out there too like you don't have to really have watched all of rise to get what's going to go on in the movie. Like, I think the finale is really kind of all you need to understand what's going on in the movie. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. It, I, I only kind of know basically what's happened throughout the rise of the teenage mutant Ninja turtle series. I've seen like the highlights from the final season and from other episodes that kind of like establish what the plot is for the whole series. It's like, I, I know what goes on in it, but like, I really didn't need to know to be able to sit down and enjoy and watch this film. Didn't uh, someone we know just put out like a retrospective of the whole series? Uh, yeah, sounds, somebody, sounds yeah, somebody put out a really good recap uh, of what you need to know for going into this movie. So Colin, tell us a little bit uh, about that. Oh, well, that was a really hard project because what 
I had to balance was uh, telling the Draxum story of how he uh, came up to the humans and how he had um, problems with what they did. And then the whole Splinter Lujitsu story and the, the Hamato clan and all of that. So, but like you just said, a lot of that is kind of necessary to the movie, but not necessary to see the entire series to understand all of that. A, a three and a half minute recap is probably uh, good enough. So, awesome. and you uploaded that to your Twitter, right? Uh, I know, I know, I retweeted it, but did you put it on YouTube too? It has to be on YouTube. Twitter does not allow a video that's longer than three, two and a half minutes. Oh, so you're right. That was a uh, last minute mistake that I made when I was trying to do that. But, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my attention span definitely can't last past that. So I guess I see why Twitter doesn't. <laughs> you even you even sent it to me like before you before you finished it. <laughs> you were like, what do you think? And I was like, oh, this is so good. Crying I was really again. proud of it. So thanks. It was really good. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about that. We're talking about the movie. So. Well, I mean, no, I mean, we're we're, we're talking about that because, like, because it is a it it is kind of. I don't want to say the homework you need to do to watch the movie, but to kind of get the full experience, like you kind of like. It, this is a standalone movie. Like yes, it does feel very like of its own thing. It and that was something that I felt. Um, I don't think it's exactly an anchovy, but it does just feel like it could just be separated from the show in a way, but not in a bad way at all. I, I love the movie. I thought it was great. So, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so now that we got all that out of the way, okay. So now back in, <laughs> back into the, your, your regularly scheduled second time around um, the other Easter eggs. So like we saw Bebop and Rocksteady, um, their human forms in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, there was a couple other good ones. I know there was one I was particularly excited for Spencer to see. Yes, the the you know I got a pretty happy when I saw it. I'm always appreciative whenever anyone wants to recognize this character. In the background, at the very end, after they defeat the Krang, you can see in the background. I've already said the background like a hundred times now. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you can see the EPF shoving the Krang into a van. And Bishop is standing there in his trench coat, uh, you know, overseeing it. So it's it's fun to see Bishop. It's fun to see the EPF. It is kind of in the background. You could miss it if you're not paying attention. But but not fun. only not only in that shot either. Like the uh, the helicopters that are shooting at the crank too. Like those have the EPF logo. Yeah, yeah, those do yeah, too. Cool. And, and there's a guy that looks a lot like Bishop on the. But I don't think it was him. Maybe it was. I don't the same think. Guy, I don't think but... so either. Because I thought that guy was. I thought that guy was. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm, the guy um, shooting at him. Yeah, I thought that was Bishop too. Until I saw Bishop at the end. Exactly. Yeah, it's a different character model. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, oh, so then I thought, what if that is, um, what's his face, the other guy from IDW? Uh, I don't. I don't know. There's not really anyone that also wears the sunglasses and stuff. I just think it's what they did for the. The EPF look, it is kind of, especially that guy, like, you know, generic, like, agent look. Uh, I'm trying to, I can't think of the other agent, the other agent's name that, like, uh, from, from IDW. He, oh, yeah, they have Blackwater, and I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he's one of the mercenaries, because, like, Blackwater's a whole, or is that from Jason Bourne series, and I'm getting it mixed up. Uh, it is oh, Blackwater. You got me mixed up. <laughs> I know, like, they, they all have these names that are, like, yeah. Blackwater and, like... Uh, what about Alex Winter? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, he's, 
Winters. Yeah, I think so. Is Alex Winter what they decided to name the guy that leads? We're going to keep calling it Blackwater. Hopefully we're not it, you know. Hopefully. Uh, I think that's correct, but uh, I very well could be wrong. Oh, not- yes, Alex, that's who I was thinking of. Oh, so but, oh, I, mean, I didn't realize that they named from, it. Like from, dark, after- from, from Darkwater. From Darkwater. It's Darkwater, okay. Good pull, okay. Thank you, Colin. I, I see. I'm contributing. <laughs> so, But none of you guys pointed out that we saw Todd in the very opening scene. Like, he is the first Easter egg that you see immediately. And he's yes. got, like, two, like, laser guns, and he is just killing it out there. I just... <laughs> I, I just, I had a smile throughout the movie entirely, but it starts off with the biggest grin of just, is, is that Todd? And I loved it. It was awesome. I, so, yeah, I love that Todd showed up. Uh, it, it was like, it was a blink and you miss it. Just like the EPA stuff. Like, it was just so good. There's like, and, and so that's kind of like why I've, I've watched the movie a couple of times because I really wanted to notice all, <laughs> everything. Because like, they've hidden stuff in the backgrounds of all of the show. And it's like, I, I've, I've, it's, it's, I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Rise definitely has some of the deepest cuts uh, of, I would say, all the series that I've seen. So, anyone but 2003. So, <laughs> uh, one thing I, one thing I noticed was uh, Casey's color scheme, like his, his costume that he's wearing, uh, is the same color scheme as his original toy. I just, yeah. Like, I was just looking at. It, I was like, oh, this is, that's the same color blocking. I like that. It's kind of yeah. cool because like his mask has the red stripes, like Leo, and then his knee pads have little smiley faces on him, like Mike. He's got a little D on his chest for Donatello, and little like spiky shoulder pads under his shoulder pad, like Raph. Yeah, like oh, he man. like he's really truly a student of all the turtles, yeah. but like Leo, he calls them you know Master Leonardo Sensei. Like he calls him specifically the entire thing, but. It was just really funny because like I don't think a lot of people noticed at first that the D on his chest was for Donnie Tech. Oh yeah, it took them them saying it in the movie for me to notice it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's I don't know, a- like you and I, Colin, like, you know, we, we see a lot of the kids on, on Twitter talking talking about Rise. Oh yeah, they have so many theories that are just uh some of them are really out there, but some of them are also right on point. So yeah. <laughs> But I but I hadn't noticed any of them pick up that it was for Donnie Tech at first. Really? I thought that would have been one of the most obvious ones. I did too. <laughs> but I don't D. remember what could that mean? <laughs> I don't remember him. I don't well, I don't remember Donnie having that logo in the show. Well, uh it is in the future, which how far in the future do we think this is? Or do we know? Do we have any? Does it say 2044 at the beginning? Does it say that? I thought so. I thought it gave a date. Yep, but, but 2040. I, well, I, so, I no, you're right. New York 2044. Hey, all right. Okay. So, then, wait, how, how far are we getting in this conversation? Because I want to talk about where K- Cassandra is right now. Like, uh, well, I, mean, I, I also want to add that uh, the Turtles training Casey could also be a reference to an episode in the 2003 series. When they were kids, uh, they failed to actually train Casey Jones. And I then uh, he didn't even know it was them at that time. And then they I think I remember that episode. Yeah, I'm trying to find it right now because no, I can't see, what I mean, it's called, but to see, but, like, but you know, it's there's... possible. It's a link. I don't know. Yeah, and like the we've been talking. That's what it's called. Uh, 
we had been talking that, you know, JJ Conway, one of the assistant directors on the show. Um, I believe he's the head of story for this movie. Yeah. He's a big 2003 fan. I don't know if he's a big 2003 fan. I know that there was one conversation I saw him having with either me or someone on Facebook where he said that he believed Bishop was the best thing to come out of the 2003 series. Uh, that's all I know. So I know that he likes that character, which explains why we got to have that cool Easter egg. Um, but I don't know anything beyond that as far as his love for the 2003 series. Well, there you go. He's not wrong. <laughs> he well, is not the grill him on questions like that, then really, really figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so speaking of Cassandra, at the end, like she's not in the movie, right? But at the end, uh, she like texts them and has a couple pictures she shows of her like beaten up krang and whatnot yeah there's there's one where she's jumping and it's like the same pose that casey jones does in the mirage comics when he like reveals that he's in the second time around uh and beats up the shredder it's like that oh same the, the big the big goongala one yeah yeah it's that same exact like, pose yeah like that what a good what a good callback and and so yeah like we said like cassandra's not in the movie um she gets the name drop when she's texting april and casey is holding her phone yeah, and it scrolls um, through three different pictures. And in the background, you can see the Always Be Brownies uh, gang. I don't, what, what were they called? Oh, she brought the Brownie gang? The Brownie gang is with her in uh, these photos. And it's just so silly. They're just all, it's hilarious. It's adorable. I love it. Like, so. it's, it's really, it's really kind of weird, like the certain callbacks that they make. And then, like, a lot of stuff that they don't. Yeah, I see the Brownies there. Um, <laughs> And it's it, it so it is kind of a loss that Cassandra's not there. Um, I it would really overshadow Casey Jones because this Casey Jones is really good in my opinion. Oh, he, he's he's great. I I love his uh uh young and uh positive outlook on everything. He doesn't seem like broken down or just upset about anything at all. He's just like just just good fun fun times. And he's played by Haley Joel Osment. Um, you know, might have done a couple things that you know of. You know, Kingdom Hearts. in the shadows. Wait, he's in that? I didn't <laughs> he's, know. A, he's in an episode, yeah. He's like, he becomes a zombie. It's a pretty uh, good episode, yeah. I was talking about Kingdom Hearts, so. Oh, okay. Well, he's uh, also in he's... Space Dogs, which is another great Netflix show. I don't know if you guys have watched that. Or Dogs in Space. Nope. No. Ah, uh, well, I guess is I'm that, just watching more children's shows than you guys are. I was going to say, is that like Air Bud, <laughs> but in space? Oh, good. It's more than that, but... I remember, I remember Air Bud. I remember Air Bud. But do you remember Air Bud in space? I do not. I only remember... <laughs> I We had the one where he plays basketball, and we had the one where he plays football. And, and made so it. many of those movies. Well, because then there was Air Buddies. I remember watching that one. We rented that one from Blockbuster. Actually, uh, off topic. Uh, yeah, we need to get back to it. No, 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 no. This is a pat. Yeah, this, this is a patent this, this Ninja Turtle Power Hour thing. Better, we're not on topic. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, like I say, this is a patented Ninja Turtle Power Hour segment. Um, I was scrolling through. I was scrolling. Was it? I, I got like Facebook ads the other day, or uh, Amazon ads on like Instagram, and one of them was like the Land Before Time, the fourteen film collection. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. There's fourteen of them. Apparently. Guys, there's 14 Airbud movies. Shut what? up. There's okay, so there's I'm looking at the Wikipedia, it says film series. There's five of them. 
And there's spinoffs, the Air Buddies series. Yeah, those that's are his six puppies. Through, that's six through 14. So eight of those. And then there's a spinoff of that. Oh, sorry. It's a prequel called Santa's, <laughs> Santa Paws. And there's two of those. I don't know if you can count that as a whole series, but it's all on the same Wikipedia page. I guess. Would you consider, you know, Creed like another movie in the Rocky series? Yes, because Rocky is in them. Well, Airbud is in there as the snow as the Air Buddy's dad. So if he okay, if Airbud, if the Airbud is in the movies, then yes, it's okay. Then fine, it's part of guys. There is a Space Buddies. Yeah, I I know that's. That's not what I was talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, when we run out of Ninja Turtle stuff, we have to turn this into an Airbuds podcast. Yeah, the Airbud Power Hour. Got it. Yeah. People are like I, I, I sure love Apple products. It will go down quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> or up. No. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Well, we'll set up some sort of GoFundMe and if people give us like five hundred dollars, we'll cover Airbud. I don't know. Something. <laughs> we'll see. Um, do, you think, do you think it'll be better or worse than when we cover the next mutation? Will more or less people listen? I don't know. That's I think it'll we'll, be a tough fine. one. I think out. enough people haven't bothered to watch the next mutation that they'll listen out of curiosity. I think so. Fair, there. fair, fair. Uh, all right, back on topic. Uh, we talked about this when the when the first pictures uh, were revealed, but uh, East Laird University—that's a cute, you know, little Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, April uh, deciding she wants to be a journalism major. Also cute. Uh, my favorite callback, uh, one of my favorite callbacks to the show was April's crane license. Oh, yeah. They did that again, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just like, uh, what, a, what a fun callback uh, to that. Um, uh, what about the callback of... Um... Leo and Raph fighting. That's a normal Ninja T- Turtle staple in movies. It is. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, and so we kind of got more of that development that like a lot of people were always like upset about how like they didn't have that in Rise the show. But in the movie, like you kind of you get, I don't want to say it's like it's fully fleshed out, but you understand like why Raph would be mad at Leo in this case. And Raph is a hundred percent correct. Like Leo's not taking being a leader seriously. Like it's a game to him. And, you know, they're, they're all still fairly young. Like we don't really know how long after the show this is. Um, it's long enough that they could, that they can still boast that they beat defeated shredder, but and that April is now in college and that April's now in college and she was 16 in uh, the show. So uh, the least amount of time could be, what two years do kids go to school like college and at 18 uh i just unless you're some sort of wonderkin but did she decide on her major on her freshman year maybe there's some people that know exactly what they want to do right going in you know i guess so i'm definitely not one of those people (laughs) i went in for chemical engineering turns out i'm terrible at math and physics and chemistry which are the three pillars of chemical engineering (laughs) I mean, that's the thing is, who knows, maybe maybe this is her first major and she's going to, you know, change it to computer programming. You know, you don't know. There we go. And computer science. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, who who knows? But it's, but it's a cute callback that, like, you know, she's kind of becoming 
I don't want to say the standard April because like we've really only ever had one reporter April. Yeah. I mean, I guess two, no, sorry. Two. two yeah. Two reporter Aprils. Really, yeah. Uh, no, three. Yeah. Three <laughs> reporter Aprils. Okay, fine. Wait, three? 50% of Aprils. Oh, I guess you want to include like adventures. Yeah, that's three. No, I was saying, um, I was saying the first, the, uh, the first movie trilogy, then, yeah. then the two, uh, 2014 and out of the shadows. Oh yeah. Those movies. I always forget about those. And then, um, the and then 87 so uh what was her profession in 2003 she's a computer programmer computer scientist she programs the robots with stockman like she is in the original comics uh doesn't she also do that in the idw comics yes well she does not really on the computer end but she is like studying the she's like an understudy for yeah she's like isn't she Yeah. yeah it's stockman labs yeah She's, I can't remember what it is. It's stuff with like genetic engineering is what they're doing there. So that's what she's kind of studying there. Hmm. Well, uh, well, circling back to people complaining about how they didn't have the Raph and Leo uh, headbutting in the series, I really liked it. And I thought that, that they didn't have that. And then leading up into the movie with the change of leadership, it was such a natural progression where sometimes I feel like it's kind of forced in a way that we're just like expected for it to happen. Like uh, in the 2014 version, it just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like it just, just kind of came out of nowhere. Just, we were just supposed to assume that these characters are the exact same that we just assume that they are. Uh, am I, am I wrong in that, in that thinking or? I'd have what? to watch that movie again after it disappointed me. No, I mean, me. you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're not I, wrong. I 2014 Raph is just like everyone's enemy for some reason. <laughs> and I think. And, and I think the 2014 movie really does him wrong. Uh, Out of the Shadows fixes a lot of that. And oh, yeah, Raph Out of the Shadows is, a, is just fun. Yeah, so. Out of the Shadows Raph is much better than 2014 Raph. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, with this, like you were saying, like this, uh, like a lot of people did, like, didn't like Leo as the leader or that didn't like that Leo wasn't the leader in Rise. And like this movie kind of also shows, like in addition to what the show showed, um, this like it really kind of shows why this Leo wasn't ready for it. Stop saying show. Show show. <laughs> um, and so like it really does illustrate why this <laughs> Leo wasn't ready to, to for this leadership, and it really like it really took you know losing Raph twice basically to kind of you know get his shit in the gear, and you know kind of do what he has always done but like take the responsibility of it too because mm. i mean because leo is constantly shown to be the most gifted the most you know he he his i don't want to say his ego is like earned but like he's not wrong like he is technically the best out of all of them well and we've seen that a lot in the rice show um like he will make plans and execute them very well, even without telling uh, the rest of the team. And that's probably why it's so um, laid on thick about like, you have to listen to your teammates in the movie because he is now the leader instead of just, you know, going above and beyond as a, uh, a team member, I guess, or at least that's how I'm taking it. No, exactly. Like he's, he's kind of doing it like to the point and it's, it's very detrimental to the team because he, he still hasn't fully accepted that like he's in charge of all of these guys. Like Raph lays it on for him. He's like, I have to take care of you guys because 
you know, I'm the biggest and the oldest. And it's like Leo, Leo's not the biggest and the oldest, but he, if, if he's going to be in charge of everybody, he needs to be responsible. And like Raph in his own way is trying to show Leo that. And so I, mean, I I'm, I'm glad that this, end, so, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that this movie really, really addressed like all of this. Um, and yeah, if, it feels like, I mean, because this movie, um, this movie was announced in 2018. And yeah, it's been so long. I know it's been so long since this movie was announced and it was part of, it was originally part of a three picture deal with Nickelodeon and Netflix. And that's, you know, why, you know, we got it, but. Um, now to clarify, we, it wasn't a three picture movie with Ninja it, yeah it wasn't it was a three picture house. yeah loud house uh the invader zim movie and this one yes um and or it was rocco's modern life one of i i so most of what i hear it's loud house invader zim and this okay um but i mean but yeah but they've also had the rocco movie so which uh, and i think and i think another one which just makes it even more confusing yeah, but it does seem like ever since Paramount Plus has begun, they kind of have stopped like doing as much with Netflix. Am I wrong there? I mean, they they brought like some of the Ninja Turtles series on there recently with the Rise movie coming out, but even then, it's only like the first season. Yeah, yeah, that that is interesting um, because I believe they have one season of 2012. Is is that correct? Yeah. Yep. As as of now, as of a recording, they only have one season of 2012 and one season of Rise, which, like we said earlier, you kind of want need to watch the finale to get where Rise is coming from. Oh, don't worry, I I got them covered. But but if not, go watch Colin's awesome YouTube recap because that'll get that'll that'll put you right where you need to be. Uh, Um, I'll be I'll be retweeting it. Uh, I'll lead up to the movie. Um, Good. (laughs) But another thing that I was thinking about is uh, this story is also similar but opposite to 2007 where Raph lost Leo and in this movie Leo lost Raph and they both had to come to terms with uh, changing their um, their style about going about something to save their brother um, which I liked 2007 a lot I I forget where you guys stand on that oh I love it I, I like it a lot I think Mike hates it though I don't hate it it's mid <laughs> <laughs> it's mid for me that- <laughs> Yeah, it's very well, similar. It's, it's almost like like in this movie, you can almost flip Leo and Raph and mm-hmm. have uh, that familiar dynamic. It's just kind of flipped in this movie, yeah. But there is a difference because Raph sacrificed himself in this one where Leo was uh, caught off guard nearly entirely in 2007. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it just shows how much Raph is, uh, he protects his brothers and he really, really cares about his family. Uh, unlike any other version, I think, because both Mike and I, well, I'm, I shouldn't speak for you, but I believe both Mike and I think that we liked rap, we didn't really like rap that much until we got to Rise. Oh, no, I constantly say that. Okay. Like, I, Rise, Raph has never really been my favorite turtle. Like, I really like 2012 Raph. But well, how can I, you not like, I mean, I know, like, how can you Sean not Astin. like Sean Astin? Yeah. Exactly. But Rise Raph is definitely my favorite Raph of all Raphs. Well, because he's um, not just a two-dimensional character of he's angry. Yeah, and, like he's got a lot of, there's a lot of depth and nuance and that you really get it in the finale. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of builds into here a little bit too. Like he's still in that kind of same mind space. Uh, one thing 
uh, I noticed like this movie is basically the Terminator and Casey Jones is Kyle Reese. Oh, oh that's yeah. awesome. That, I didn't think about it. <laughs> like, <that way. laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's Terminator. It's Independence Day. It's, it's uh, Avengers. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, Guardians yeah. Like, Casey, yeah, yeah. Casey is, Casey is Trunks. Leo <laughs> yeah. is future Gohan. And, and, and it the Krang so well, are the, Krang are the androids. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Uh, it didn't land. Okay. Go on. No, no, no. I missed it. Everyone was talking I, no, about I missed it, it too. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm just, I was just saying, and it's so hot outside. Like everything's burning. So oh. it's, yeah. <laughs> You're right. I didn't land. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Keep it in. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Trying to pull so, one of those Jenny Carsons where it's funnier when the joke doesn't land. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just pathetic when it comes from me. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about um, kind of the design of the Krang too. Like they're a lot more like eldritch body horror than like normally we see Utrams and and the Krang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they got like fins this time. Yeah, they have like. Gills, I mean, yeah, they're like they're like those like gills that like knocked the mystic powers out of the turtles. Yeah. Um, which I didn't say in my recap, but like that's in the trailer and it's, it's a pretty cool effect and it really puts the turtles in like, cause the rise turtles have had their powers for so long. They only really lose it once when they lose their weapons and then they have to unlock their ninpo to, you know, basically have the powers, but different, but the turtles like in this movie go back to having their original mystic weapon powers, not the ninpo powers, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I'll, I don't know, this is like, this is a bit of a deep, uh, not, not a deep dive, but like Colin, like you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about where like the turtles, like the Ninpo is, is like their heritage, like their family powers. And then like the mystic weapons were just mystic weapons they found in the hidden city in the show. And so in this movie, like it's kind of implied that they only have access to the mystic weapon powers. Uh, I see what you're saying, but I also would argue that I don't think their Nimpo um, powers, I guess, were really defined what they were. Um, because they do still have like the same mystic uh, uh, powers at the end at the finale. So, you know, teleportation and Raph's. Um, I think Raph, I think the only one is that Raph doesn't have his shadow clones. I think that's the only thing that's really missing. Okay. Uh, but uh, then they also added on the Donnie's mystic tech, which I thought was fantastic. That stuff was crazy. Yeah, like Donnie is basically a Green Lantern in this movie. <laughs> like, did you get that, Spencer? Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> and then uh, Mikey has that. Um, well, at the end, the the time portal thing. So that that doesn't seem like a very Hamato clan thing, is it? I, we don't know, and that's the thing. Is like Leo was the portal guy, and now now Mikey is also so, the portal guy. Yeah. Everyone's the portal guy. I like guess. portal, yeah, portal. You get a portal. Everybody gets a portal. Uh, also, they say orange. Like a, he's a master of. Mysticism. Yeah, like Casey. So Casey he has does like say all of all of their powers. We just only see the the portals. Yeah, like Casey does specifically say that that like Mikey is the most mystically power powerful out of all of them. Which does that track for the you know last Ronin and the uh, 
the last episode of 2012. I mean, it's kind of that's kind of a thing with Mikey is that like he he's the kid in all of these, and so like everyone like writes him off, and then you know future versions or by the end of the show, like it's shown that like Mikey is kind of the, either the most naturally gifted or um, like he does settle down and become like the ninja master or whatever. Battle um, Nexus champion. The Battle Nexus champion and stuff like that. So, I mean, that, that's kind of par for course. Uh, I really like the design of future Mikey. Um, oh, and, yeah. Those like and, uh, mutton chops. Yeah. Um, the Yoda look. Yeah. Like the Yoda look is the Yoda look is really good. So one thing I thought was really funny, and I don't know if it's a callback to Mirage or not, um, but uh, when Casey says, like, you know, in the future, all they had to eat was leaves and rats, and then he says, no offense to Splinter, and Splinter says, none taken, <laughs> none taken we yeah. are delicious. <laughs> Is that a callback to Mirage when Splinter had to eat rats? <laughs> it's possible, or it's just a, a one-off joke. It's one of the yeah. two, you know. But I just, I was just like, this is where my head went. I was like, eh, I get it. Uh, what about Splinter's uh, costume or uh, robe? Is that a callback to like 2003? Uh, no. So I think that's just a recolored version of the white outfit that he had at the end of the finale. Okay. And his like, hair is still white. It's, I mean, it's the same hair, correct? Yeah, like he's still the same character model. And also like the turtles are wearing like the wraps and stuff that they had at the end of the finale. So... Um, like the only color coded bit on them is their bandanas. Okay. They also they added uh tech things on their their wraps as well. I'm sure you noticed that when they're talking to each other, right? Yeah, they have like their little communicators, like because in the show their communicators are their T emblems. Mm-hmm. But in the but in here, like they're built into like their wrist wraps. Turtle which, yeah, which just shows you like Don, how Donnie Tech is evolving. So, uh, okay, so I think that is about everything that I can talk about that I noticed. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen it once. I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, but I, oh, man, I, I just don't want to watch it every day. It would be terrible. I, would I know. It. I mean, well, I mean, I've only watched it three and a half times so far, but, um, <laughs> I think it's time that I think we can talk about uh, the things we didn't like about the movie. So okay. put some anchovies on this pizza. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Okay, so... <laughs> oh, oh, Spencer's going to go first. <laughs> big shocker. So, I mean, yeah, this is kind of like a problem. I, I, you know, I didn't want it to have to be with the movie, but it's kind of just like a, my, my issue with getting into Rise in general is that like the characters to me just don't even have like the little bit, like the least bit of like familiarity, you know, like in a lot of versions, they'll kind of like, it feels like they're kind of like pulling from that character's personality, but it just never really feels like that to me. Like in a lot, like a lot of their design cues and everything else they'll take for like the Utron robots and things like sure they're in the stomach, but like, it's not like the, anyway, usually most versions will kind of like take something and kind of pull from it. It just feels like this version is, a complete and total reinvention of everything to the point where like it's it is no longer the same thing anymore it's kind of almost like these people that made it like the people that made it are fans of modern comedy and cartoons and anime and they wanted to tell a story 
and they're able to use an established IP to tell that story. And so they take, you know, the name TMNT and kind of like keep some of the things in the roots the same, but like everything is just so drastically different that it just doesn't really feel like it really fits into most of anything else. Because it's like such a radical reinvention of, of the property. See, I don't think, I don't think it's a radical reinvention at all. I think, I think it mixes things up, but it's like, you still have all the design cues there. I mean, they're just more angular. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just doesn't, it like, doesn't really I get, land I, for me. No. And that's fine. I like, you know, I, I, I constantly say it and Colin and I, I constantly say it all the time. If you don't like rise, you don't like rise. That's yeah. fine. Like don't care if it doesn't land for you. That's, you know, it's your own personal preference. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I don't, to me, like it checks all the boxes for turtles. So, mm-hmm. uh, but well, again, but again, you and I are both very different in how we experienced the turtles for the first time. Yeah. No, and I mean, so, that's, that's the thing is like these, the plot of these movies and like that TV show is very much the same as it was in the 87 series. Mystic item we need to get our Technodrome weapon through the portal. The turtles have to stop them from getting that item. You know, they at least like fail oh a few times in this. This like, is just pecking turtle again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so that, that actually brings me to one of my, one of my first anchovies too, was like, it, the key is, the key is a MacGuffin. Like it really doesn't matter. It just, it's just a device to bring the crane here. And then like everybody forgets about it mm-hmm. until the end of the movie. And they just have to pull it out of the plug. Yeah, well, like, and like the the last series, like that was the story is you have all these mystic pieces of armor. We got to protect those, yeah. keep them, you know. So it's kind of like that whole like they want this item. We got to stop them from getting this item and keep them from getting it. And anyway, hmm. uh, to bring back Shredder or, you know, other things. Well, I mean, also, I mean, that's another that's another thing that I kind of really what really kind of disappointed me was in in the show it's it's very heavily implied that the krang are responsible for shredder mm-hmm. like in the flight in shredders in the flashback that karai is telling um you see literally see like a stylized krang giving shredder or giving Rokusaki the armor yeah they're called the oni i think right yeah um oni, yeah like I they call leave is a japanese word for demon yeah no oni oni is a japanese word for demon and so it's like it's heavily implied that it's the Krang though. And like it's it's even down to like Shredder's design in Rise, like it looks very much like the Krang droids in uh in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so like stylistically, you can be like, okay, like that it like that makes sense. But the movie never really references it beyond splinter saying he's heard of the krang before like and he doesn't even really say like as part of like the hamato clan thing mm-hmm. which like the the whole reason the hamato clan was formed was because of shredder and if i really and this is what, what i was saying earlier where like this kind of feels like a standalone movie is that there aren't a whole lot of ties back to the show yeah, well, and I think that's kind of intentional. I think they want a lot of people to just be able to see this movie and watch it, and which which is fine. It. Like, which is fine. Like, I I I get that, and and I want a lot of people to jump into this. But I think for for fans who, you know, 
devour the show like like you know Colin and I do like where we you know we we we've memorized a lot of bits mm-hmm. from it um and it's it, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing to see a lot of a lot of things that were set up in the show that we that were kind of even teased here but never really addressed mm-hmm. um and like it's kind of like in the show like it's kind of implied that the krang are very tied to the yokai who in who aren't even in this movie like the hidden city and like draxum aren't in this movie at all draxum doesn't draxum doesn't even get a name drop oh yeah that's that's definitely a big anchovy of mine of he he was a fan favorite so yeah how is he not even at least you know sharing a bedroom with splinter because apparently they're they're two dads right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah depending on who you ask they're two dads well no mikey does call him his two dads but yeah um, I mean, I yeah, would like, assume that he would have lived with them in their subway area or something because he's he's an outcast in uh, the Hidden City. So, yeah, exactly. And so it's like he, and then he works a day job like at the high school, like as as the lunch man. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, it, but there's no mention of him, and the flashback that Splinter tells of like how the Hamato clan stopped the Krang. Like it it doesn't seem it doesn't feel like it ties into the flashback that we were told in the show of how like sh- how the Krang created Shredder. Yeah, because I the what I was getting from the show is that there are multiple uh Shredder armors that um because they wouldn't just give this crazy mystic armor that they only had one piece to a random guy on earth. Um if it wasn't for like a good reason. So like, it is interesting seeing like more of those Krang uh, body suits that they were using in this movie, but we only saw one, right? Well, one, one Krang suit. Yeah. No. Yeah. All three of them have, all three of them have Krang suits. Okay. Um, they're just, they're just all shaped differently. So the shredder one looks the most like the main Krang. Okay. Yeah, it's got like the same helmet kind of design. Yeah, like the same kind of spiky helmet and the like the long neck and the you know the weird legs and feet. Um, speaking and of, so, speaking of which, this is actually an anchovy. Second time around, just buried in here. <laughs> it was probably on purpose, but the one of the shorter Krang that was like a lieutenant to like the main one is like the same shade of red as Terrell in the 2003 series. He doesn't have a scar over his eye. That kind of would have been a neat little nod. It would have been, to, but. Yeah. But he's like the same shade of red. I feel like it's kind of supposed to maybe be somewhat implied, especially since in the IDW series, he's Krang's like general that he's maybe at least supposed to look like him. I was trying to like see if there was like any like anything that was like I was looking for something about yeah, I was, them. I was looking for like something closer to tie it into being like like Terrell, but the only thing it yeah. was like his red, his red tint is the same red tint. And it's like they're they're just named Krang one, two, Krang three. Yeah. And oh, so, is that like, what it says in the credits. Yeah. Okay. Now, which is which is kind of disappointing. Like, w- we we kind of know that like whenever it's going to be a more kid focused one, like they're not going to call them Utrams, they call them the Krang now mm-hmm. as the species name, which is fine. But then it's like, I don't know. It's 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 a little disappointing that like they didn't give them a name. I feel like they could it, give them a name and just call the main one Krang, call the other one Terrell, and then maybe call the other one Mariel. I mean, it's not really like Mariel's character at all in the IDW right. series. But Dr. X. 
Yeah, Dr. I was X, thinking yeah. Doctor X. Now, there you go. Because I still got Volume Three in my head. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, but you're right. Like, it's, especially because like it works for the 2012 Krang to call them the Krang because like they're very clearly like a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where drones don't think for themselves, but like these three are very, very personable. Mm-hmm. Like these are fully defined, defined characters. But then when they take over the Foot Clan and uh, even a subway car, are those like hive minds at that point? Like hive mind for whoever took like, like are there three hive minds maybe? Well, because like it, yeah, it's, really it's implied that like Krang 3, like the one that doesn't talk the entire movie, um, it's kind of like implied and shown that like he's controlling all of them. Because Krang 1 like specifically says like, go do this and go capture them while I go do this. Mm-hmm. And like the one that doesn't talk, like, yeah, like, is he creating the hive mind for everything else? And then like Krang too, like the only girl Krang, she's like, uh, I think she takes over stuff too, but she's mostly confined to her suit once she gets it. Yeah. She's in like that animal, like dog looking suit. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd also argue that they didn't have any reason to have names. They weren't like, they weren't announcing themselves. Like it wasn't like Transformers where Megatron is saying, I'm Megatron. I'm, I hate you, Optimus Prime. I mean, also fair. So like they were just here to, you know, wreck earth and take over. So it, it doesn't really matter too much, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Like if they had names, like even if they were just in the credits, it would have been more of a deep cut and more interesting. But um, in the, at the end of the day, it also doesn't matter. So yeah, it didn't hurt yeah. the movie really that much. A, yeah. 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 It really did. Yeah. Two minds. Yeah. Uh, it's not this really an anchovy. Yeah. It's not really an anchovy, but I thought it was funny that like they look very much like Kang and Kodos from The Simpsons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I just got Kang and Kodos vibes the entire time. Oh. It doesn't matter who you vote for, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a two party system. <laughs> <laughs> I did the little one that doesn't talk. That's Maggie. It's perfect. You guys Yeah, see, it. there you go. Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the alien Maggie. Perfect. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Great. Oh man. Um so yeah, I, I think I think that's my like I said, that, that's my biggest anchovy is that like kind of how standalone this feels in comparison to like how much the show was kind of connected to itself. Like every episode. You don't have to watch every episode, but every episode is connected in a uh, way that like it all builds to something. Yeah, I felt like every episode of the series was world building, even if it was a filler episode where yeah. um, shows like uh, Last Airbender, every episode is 100% important to the story. But um, and it all world build. But uh, Ninja Turtles, it was you're fine with one-off episodes but yeah they had so much they were building up to and i guess they just maybe avoided some of it because they knew this was the end of it yeah Uh, and i i was i was trying to say this earlier where we were talking about the how this was part of that three picture deal um and that was announced back in 2018 and so this movie kind of took forever to get into production like because rise the show ended in 2020 and that was a rushed show that and that was a rushed finale uh, but it was a great finale. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was cut 13 episodes if I remember correctly. Yeah. And yeah. Then um, it just yeah. From 26 per- down to 13. Yeah. And then I, why was this in a development hell for so long? Uh, well, there was a little, 
a little worldwide phenomenon going on um but like what we do in the shadows like, <laughs> is mean, that fair. it because that was great <laughs> i mean fair um but yeah so with this movie like it they kind of had to kind of reconfigure a lot of stuff that that would have made it into season three if rise had still been going mm-hmm. and so i think this movie I don't know if this movie was always meant to be about the Krang, but I feel like the Raph Leo dynamic was going to be a, a season three thing. I see. I just have no idea the, the hell it must've been to try to rewrite your season finale midway through a season and try to balance everything that's going on. So um, I don't, I wonder would of Leo been the leader in season three if they had all their episodes yeah i mean and that's that's a fantastic question because like this movie could have been entirely different um and i mean there's so many what ifs but uh i'm happy with what we got it's so absolutely me too yeah yeah i mean i just don't want to be a bummer on this is what i'm saying no i mean this is the bummer section so we're (laughs) we're allowed to be a bummer we're allowed to be a bummer here uh yeah, I, I just I just think that it's such a missed opportunity to not mention anything about the finale because it's like the finale was such a strong thing and it really feels like they kind of threw that all aside because like them unlocking their Ninpo was a huge part of the finale. You know, showing that they didn't need the mystic weapons. And in the movie, like it's implied they don't need the mystic weapons. Like Donnie does his mystic tech without his bow at the end. Yeah, which is, oh, I just think that's a, oh, sorry, we're in bubble section. It, uh, no, it's a good shot. Uh, I got a stick bumper. Uh, but the, but it, it's, it's just incredibly disappointing to me that like, it, that's such a, it, it just, it feels like it, the movie's lacking. And mm-hmm. it, it probably is most likely because like Spencer said, like they want people to go into this fresh, which I get. But if you aren't passively familiar with like, why the turtles even have mystic powers in the first place. Like you're going to kind of be like, huh? Yeah. I think if you did not know anything about the show, especially the mystic powers, you'd look at Donnie and say, who, who is this character? You'd have no idea who he is. Cause like he doesn't carry a bow with him. It's a mystic bow. So. Well then like, it's, it's also very. No, he has his regular bow. He has his regular bow. But, but the movie's also just very focused on like Leonardo and Leonardo. I mean, it's, it's, it's really focused on like the, the other characters. Like you get a little bit for Michelangelo, but Raphael spends most of his time under control of the Krang. And Donatello's just kind of cracking one liners in the whole, background. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which, where's I, my pod? I mean, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I kind of get like because. In the show, Mikey, I think Mikey's the one that gets the least amount of character development. Uh, um, but classic Le- Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah, that's part of course for Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but Some I think are familiar. <laughs> but I think Leo required the most work to get him to be the Leo that everybody knows, and so I think that's why the movie had to focus on him mm-hmm. because, like, by the end of the show, he's not—he's still not the leader. Like, he's officially titled the leader, but he's not in that headspace as the movie shows yeah which kind of so comes th- comes down to like that like not really being able to feel like 
like the characters are familiar like like i get it if you want to like kind of build them up but like if it never makes him like the leader and the character we know until like the very end of the series then it's kind of like i I never got to enjoy the character that i that i knew well i mean which is fair but also at the same time like the show is billed as the rise of the ninja turtles so like they were always going to get there but corporate shenanigans just didn't let them and so it, it it ultimately the whole thing kind of feels like a bunch of missed opportunities and the crew bless them are doing the best they can with what they had. Yeah. Like, like we said, like we don't, we do not envy them having to make that finale and make that finale land as hard as it did. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, ultimately like there's just, I don't want to say like the whole rise era is disappointing, but like, there is a lot in there that like I wish had been more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, the disappointing is the disappointing thing is we love it so much we want more of it and we don't get more of it. Like that's that just sucks. Like, yeah, it's like Keith says on the show a lot that you know it's a sign of a good story. Yeah. Yeah. We still want more. Um my well, my not- intro big intro for this is kind of weird, but like I really like this movie. And I've, I've watched all of Rise, and I'm like, if this is what you had in the back pocket your whole time, why weren't you doing this <laughs> for the show? Yeah. Like, like, I like this so much more. I'm like, why did I watch the whole show? I, I didn't care for it that much, but this was really good comparatively. And I think that, I think that's also, you know, a thing that's going to really suck is, and I, I knew one of you guys were going to say that, actually. <laughs> I like, I had a feeling, and because, like, because it was something I wanted to address, too. Like, the crew it's a very talented crew of people that make this show and made this movie like they're insanely talented but it really kind of shows you how screwed over the show was entirely like by being forced into that 11 minute format because we all knew like the longer episodes were the better episodes but then you know you get this and it's a whole movie and it's basically the 22 minute episodes that are the best ones. And it's like, you had, we knew they were capable of this and it really sucks that they were never able to. Well, I think it, uh, world building is, uh, I think a thing, things a lot of people complain about is they don't want to wait. They kind of want the instant gratification. And especially with a property that's been around for, uh, over 35 years that, uh, People want to get to the place that they know and that they remember that they like. Uh, a lot of people, I feel, don't want to wait for that buildup, which oh, yeah. uh, I, th- I think is half of the fun is waiting to see where it goes. Well, we talk we talk about that too, like along the way. So turtle like turtles fans don't want new; they want a checklist. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's a one you way know, to put it. Like, yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it's one of those things where it's like it's got to it's got to feel kind of like you're getting the same thing. Like, you know, you're not going to sit down at a Mexican restaurant to go get egg rolls, you know, like you're not going to come to Ninja Turtles and be like, give me this entirely different thing. That isn't even the same thing that I enjoy. Like, (laughs) you know, like it's, it feels like a completely different thing. Like sure. It's got like some of the same concepts, but it's like calling an egg roll a burrito. You know, like it, you, it well, may you be can like get that. God. You can get, you, you can get that. <laughs> you can get that in San Francisco. I have had it before. It is good. <laughs> but um, I think that would be, I think that would be the case, a good case against Rise if Rise wasn't very clearly like, hey, this is not the same thing. 
no, and, and Rise is definitely meant to be something else entirely, and, which is yeah. well, you know, I mean, which for people to like it. Awesome. What I was well, what I was saying was that like it's 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 not just it's not the same thing. It's very clearly like stated. It's not supposed to be the same thing, and I think that and again, like you don't have to like it, but you kind of have to accept that like it's going to do its own thing with the with the source material yeah and because they've very clearly stated like this is the rise of the turtles they're not where you expect them to be like splinter is the you know case in point of that like he's closer to splinter than you know than he ever was at the beginning of the show Mm. but when you get to there at the end and so Again, like you don't have to like the execution of it, but I think I think a lot of the fandom like really kind of has to like let it be its own thing. Like it kept saying, "Hey, let's let treat this as its own thing," mm-hmm. which you know, uh, like it is. But at the same time, like I said, when you it, it's that whole thing where like you know you sit down somewhere and then it's not what you not what you ordered. It's not what you thought it was going to be. You know, there's like a, there's an expectation that is there. But I think I think with your analogy, I think I think the problem is because the show is so clearly like using your restaurant analogy, like mm. it almost feels like a lot of people went into this Chinese restaurant wanting Mexican. Yeah, no, and I get you there, and, and like I see what you mean, and, and for sure, it's just that it's like when I when you say you're going to make more Ninja Turtles, I want more Ninja Turtles, you know, and, and, that, and that's and I think that's a fair thing too. Mm-hmm. Like a, I. That's mm-hmm. a very fair argument. Like, yeah. it, um, so like, I, I, I don't think this was ever a bait and switch situation, but I think, yeah, I yeah. think, I think, you know, you got, we, everybody expected a pizza and they got a pizza, but you know, it's with a bunch of toppings. They don't really care for It's still a pizza mm-hmm. and you might like it, but it's not the same pizza you always get. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the thing. Would, uh, it is something you have to expect out of something that also reboots itself a hundred times, you know, like, like this is the fourth animated version of the Ninja Turtles, you know, because we never continue beyond the shredder and we never go anywhere past that. It always gets put back to square one. And so to make something new and different, you've got to radically rearrange it like this. So it's one of those things where people kind of have to either get over the shredder kind of moving on or going somewhere else and, and things changing in your normal continuity, or you're going to keep getting reboots and they're going to be drastically different. So you can actually have something that isn't the same thing over and over again. Well, I would argue that it's not exactly, it is different, but I would say it's a fresh take on a familiar franchise, which is a little bit more of a positive spin than just saying, ah, it's not what I wanted at all. Cause I've had a hamburger pizza. And it was fantastic. Yeah, same. So uh, I wouldn't have expected mustard to work on a pizza, but it it does for me. And oh, it doesn't work I, for everybody. If you like so. mustard on a pizza, let me introduce you to a uh, pastrami pizza someday. Okay, well, that sounds great. But, but um, that's, but yeah, that's the way that I'm looking at Rise and listening to this mm-hmm. conversation of like, it's a back yeah. and forth of not expecting something. But um, I mean, how many times can you have the same pizza over and over? A lot of people are okay with that same thing over and over, but uh, I was glad that they tried something different and new. And the mm. next version, I'm sure, will go back to being the same old. It's only Shredder bad guy. So yeah, 
Well, anyway, that's that's kind of I don't know, because I guess like I'm, I'm like a big fan of the IDW series where like they take characters and it feels like the first time you saw them, but they bring something fresh and new and more depth to them, as well as um, enriching kind of just like everything that you already know. But you that's know. a little not fair because IDW is fantastic. And exactly. Doing, they have so much that they can work with where mm-hmm. um I don't know how many people it takes to make a comic book, but it's definitely a lot less than it does to yeah. produce and animate an entire TV show. No, no I get you. I get you there. But so, I, anyway, I guess. Yeah. I'm just... and, I, and I, yeah, I mean, a big problem with TV shows is they got to have toys and they don't make yeah. toys for comics, you know? But yeah, like I, you're, you, I mean, Spencer, like you're hundred percent right. Like IDW, like I think IDW is the fa- is a fantastic example of, uh, reimagining like things in that kind of very familiar way, but giving you just enough of a new twist on a lot of things. And not everything lands in IDW either. Like a lot of people, um, not a lot of people, but I've seen some people like don't care for the reincarnation aspects. They want, mm. they want their, they want their rat learning martial arts through a cage. Yeah. You know, and eh, whatever. Everyone's um, mileage varies. Yeah. Like your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. So, um, going back to reincarnation, you guys remember the flashback in the movie where Splitter was telling about the crank that he heard? There's the yes. four warriors. Yeah. What's up yeah. with that? Like, yeah, there's so much. There's so and many it's like, layers. And and so like those four uh, heroes that sealed away the crank, like, are they Hamato clan? Are they reincarnation of the boys? Like, we, we don't, don't know. I think I think it was just a, a cute Easter egg, which is fine if it's just a cute Easter egg. I don't really care that mm. much. But again, like that goes back to what was kind of disappointing is that like it was really heavily implied that the Hamato clan was formed because of Shredder and the Krang. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, and yeah. now we have this new layer on top of that that's like never been addressed before and then is kind of dropped. Because then, because like you it's a Chekhov's gun situation where like you set it up that, that you have these four warriors that stopped the Krang back then. But in, in the modern time when the turtle stopped the Krang, like it's really only Leo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like the other, everybody else does their part and they fight, and, but all that, but like Leo's the one that saves the day. Whereas yeah, the flashback a- shows all four turtles sealing them. But it is a Leo story, and it's supposed to lead up to showing him how he is the, the best of the four turtles, right? I mean, mm. yeah. At least yeah. this version. I mean. So anyway, I don't want to spend forever in anchovies, so we need to we need to get moving. But you yeah. sure you don't want to? Yeah. It's- <laughs> I'm sure I, I really <laughs> I don't know if anchovies on this pizza. I've got well, I've got, good. I got a couple of things. It's just like the Krang just like being like an EMP for their mystic weapons. And they suddenly get their mystical powers back through like the power of friendship or something yeah, it's like, like the end of guardians of the galaxy. Just we're friends. We could win now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So that was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. To, to quote another Ninja Turtles movie, too derivative. <laughs> <laughs> too cliche. Yeah. Love it. Uh, what a good uh, callback. Um, no, but you're right. You're right about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, like because then that kind of implies that like oh are the Krang tied to the mystic weapons or in some way shape or form yeah and it, it never it never really comes up yeah it never comes up so, and then my last thing is Leonardo is literally in every show right now Ben Schwartz is in every show <laughs> he's the same character in every show 
I don't blame him. <laughs> I blame the people who typecast him and, and cast him as the same character in every show. But it seems like every show wants Leonardo in it. Like, and it started back with like Randy Cunningham, ninth grade ninja, which is very similar to this, what to this series. But it was red, not personality. Blue. Yeah, it was red. Yeah, it's very similar, though, in its personality and everything else of the series, including like using weird words of slang and, and everything else as exclamations. Very, very similar. Uh, Randy Cunningham is almost the exact same character as Leonardo, you know, DuckTales, Sonic. He's the same character in everything. I will say <laughs> that I'm kind of tired of it. <laughs> no, no, no. I will. Well, I will say that um, Rise the Show is very much movie one Sonic, but mm-hmm. Rise movie Leo is Sonic two Sonic. Like they're where I he... know those words you said, but yeah, Sonic. So well, I mean, I like I saw both spoiler movies. alert for Sonic two, a movie you should have seen by now because it's amazing. You know, Sonic accepts the responsibility of being a hero and he's a lot more serious and he understands. Um, whereas like in the first movie, he's a jokester and aloof. And, you know, Lee, I mean, the criticism is not wrong. Like it's Ben Schwartz playing the same character because they're both written as the same character. Yeah. Like and, said, I don't blame him. He gets yeah. typecasted because his voice is society. perfect for the character. I blame and, society. We live in a society. Yeah, we live yeah. in a society. Um, <laughs> it's just Joker's sto- origin. Dude. Yeah, this is, this is Spencer's Rise. Joker origin story. That's um, Ben Schwartz is something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tired of not saying it. <laughs> Look, we got really lucky that uh, Chris Pratt was busy and he couldn't voice uh, yeah, Jesse exactly. Jones. So. Yeah, or or the crane. <laughs> yeah, he would um, love that. But no, but no, but you're but you're but you're right. Like it's it is, and it's unfortunate that like this and Sonic and DuckTales all came out at the same time and had three blue characters played by the same guy yeah. with yeah, the but, same personality for the most but part. But that's also pretty adorable. Like, that's really funny for him. And yeah, he, like in I a meta sense, it. it's funny and I like it. Yeah. But but I can see why some people would be annoyed at it. And on a superficial level, yeah, like they're the same character. There's there's nuances and differences in like certain motivations. But yeah, you're like on the surface. But, yeah, but barely. Yeah, it's but, not... Yeah. Uh, no, Spencer, make you make very good points, and I don't like them. So <laughs> <laughs> don't like them because they make me question mine. <laughs> that uh, I am done now, though. That is it. That's all. I all have. right. Uh, yeah. Did, did you have anything before we wanted to move on? Oh, I just wish they would give Donatello some benefit of being a soft shell turtle. Like every other turtle seems to have some like like Leo is super fast, like a red red uh, red-eared slider. Like they they dive off the the logs real fast, and then like. You know, Rath's real big because he's a snapping turtle and Mike can go in his shell because he's a box turtle. But like Donatello, all he gets is just like he's way more vulnerable than every other turtle. And I wish I would uh, give him something, you know. Did Mikey go into a shell in the movie? Yes. Uh, I think once, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, can you think of a benefit for being a soft shell turtle? Well, yes. I so think soft shell turtles have uh, teeth that are like uh, bolt cutters. Oh, do so, they? So yeah, they, they, they only have like two plates for teeth, basically, from what well, I understand. And they just like they can like take your whole finger off in just one bite. I was going to say the big benefit of him wow. being a soft shell turtle in this movie specifically is that his soft shell allows him to interface with the crank. Yeah, okay. Or, you know, uh, the soft shell turtles are more flexible. Maybe you can get in small spaces. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying like, give them something, you know, I did like that. They called it out, but yeah, like you're right. Like there's, there's really no benefit, but, uh, but also too, like it's kind of neat in this, in a way that like, 
have this character who has such a high opinion of himself be so physically flawed. Yeah. I don't want to say disabled, but you get where I'm going. Like he mm-hmm. has, he has a, uh, a thing that impairs him basically because he is a soft shell turtle who can be hurt easily. When he makes up all for it with his, you know, with his brain and everything like that, then you take yeah, away exactly. his gadgets yeah. and he's vulnerable. Which, which is fantastic character design of choosing him as a soft shell turtle. Like it just, it just works on so many levels, and I, I like it a lot. But you're right, there is no benefit to him being a soft shell turtle other than storytelling, I guess. I mean, which is really the biggest benefit of all. But it is, yeah. It's, uh, he's got the eyebrows. Yeah, he's got the eyebrows. <laughs> Cannot forget the eyebrows. Uh, okay, so I think that's enough anchovies for this pizza. Yeah, I'm, yeah let's move on. If, if anything, like I'm more critical about it because I love this fr- this version of the franchise so much. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to talk about stuff I love now. Oh, I love being a turtle. So spoiler alert, I love the movie. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, the bombastic uh, action like is is a lot of fun to watch. It's very visually pleasing uh, yeah. to see. As, as like they do their mystic things and as they fight and, and move around, the animation is very fluid. It, it does look really nice. I, I'm going to be a little hype, uh, hyperbolic, but this is the best animated movie. I'm counting 2007 and Turtles Forever. Wow. All right. Now, see, I really liked the animation of 2007, but that might be uh, coming from my opinion on uh, Imagine's uh, Imagine, or, it, it, yeah, uh, you knew what I was trying to say. Uh, their yeah. version of Astro Boy, I thought I liked Astro Boy a lot, and that's probably not a good thing to admit. But oh, <laughs> Astro Boy's great. I love, I loved Astro Boy. I loved how they were they paid attention to detail of like his hair and moving it uh, to have the correct profile wherever the camera was, and I yeah. thought that was just super interesting. And I also thought they did a great job on Turtles as well. So, um, but yeah, I I like this better than two thousand seven. But I also like Rise a lot, so maybe that's yeah. I was saying like like I'm being a little hyperbolic because I do love Rise a lot, but I do think that this is this is the strongest animated movie out of all of them. Like the 1990, like you can't beat it. It's 1990. Oh no. Um, well, then there's you know three that's you know fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, you listen to our episode. <laughs> I love I three. I, it's no 2014. It's. <laughs> I you know what I I will say this is probably one of the better turtles movies in general. Yeah, no, like it for the most part it has a very solid plot and it's and it's got some good emotional beats that it takes time for uh that that really work well for this show for the movie. Yeah, like the ending when everybody thinks that Leo sacrificed himself, like that's heartbreaking and it goes on for so long. Yeah. He's just getting like, he's getting beat up at the end, isn't he? Yeah, he's just getting trashed. And like, can we talk about this? Uh, there was blood in this movie. Yeah, it was several blood. times. And they said badass. And they yeah. said badass. They, they, they did. did. They they took they advantage did. of it being a movie that is not airing on Nick. You know, it's yep. specifically yeah. on Netflix, and so it's kind of separate. So they, especially at the beginning, they were able to have adult turtles that you know are adults you know which i guess kind of implies that teenagers don't swear which is a lie but (laughs) true it is it is it is future leo who says badass and they never say it again but um but future leo like he is injured and he's bleeding um and then like krang one like punches blood out of leo's face Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> like oh oh there was blood when uh raf got stabbed too right uh it i think it was blood it was yeah, it was it blood was like but it was like stylized yeah, oh, yeah so it was implied blood yeah, yeah like it wasn't okay. red it was dong and rumpa pink blood kind of yeah okay. yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, like I think the ba- I think the like, background was black and the blood was pink. Yeah. yeah. What's crazy? This is rated Y seven. Yeah, the same rating for the show. Yeah, but like, how they get away with blood and cussing and still have a Y seven? Well, they're allowed one badass. So and yeah, and the well, blood cause... wasn't excessive. Yeah. Well, and pink definitely like pink blood completely like for some reason just jumps over censorship rules. Yeah. Like that's that's why like. It's an anime called Danganronpa where anyway, it's it's a whole thing. But there's a like for the video game, they made all the blood and everything else pink because that made it so it wasn't M. It could be T. Well, there's red. There's red blood, too. There is red blood, saying. too. No. Yeah. But like in the amount that it was across the screen was a lot more. Than yeah. Like that was a blood splatter. Yeah. And so um, it is much better that they make pink blood instead of turning it white like some um, things do and that it looks very. Yeah. Suggestive. (laughs) I'm used to blood being black from reading comics from the Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like all the blood in Mirage is black. So see see, that's why you don't like rise. You just you're just colorblind. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um Uh, speaking of future Leo. Future Leo was awesome and I loved his like robot arm that looked like Raph's arm. Oh, so cool. I want to hear your theories on this, guys. Like, I have no idea what this is, and I want to. I want to know. Tell me what it is. What do you guys think? Uh, I think uh, Spencer's right that April dropped the journalism uh, degree and went for some sort of scientific robotics uh, focus and created some sort of exosuit for the turtles. And this is his robot arm from that exosuit. All right. That's a theory. That's a theory. <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm going to eat up all these theories. I don't care if they're right or wrong. I want them. Just give. Them I them. really. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just really cool. Yeah. It's a robot arm that looks kind of like Raz. It was probably bitten off by a Komodo dragon. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, but I did like the. Um, I did. I really like Future Leo's design. I think it's incredibly strong. Um, I think oh, scarf. Like Sonic. Yeah, I love scarves. Yeah. Like Sonic. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, like Sonic Boom Sonic uh, just keeps bringing it back. But the, um, I think, uh, I can't remember his name, Neo Cloudbuster on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, he worked on the movie and he posted like a full, like, drawing of Future Leo because we, uh. hadn't, we hadn't seen it very well in the trailer. And it's really like, oh, like the design cues in it, like, the big Man. robot arm, and then he's got like Leah or Donnie and Raph's bandanas tied to his sword. If you can find that, put that in that Discord. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, but yeah, like it's, yeah, God, it's so good. Um, and then, like I said, like I love future Mikey's design too, like the Yoda look with like the big poncho, uh, like the mystic, like, you know, Doctor Strange dance he does. Well, like to open the time portal his chains that he uses are a lot like what draxum did when he had the uh the shredder oh, armor. yeah and i think that might be a little bit of a callback of him really leaning onto learning from draxum because you know draxum is a good guy at the end um but maybe i'm just reading too much into it because i want to so 
who knows yeah i mean there's that we we overread into things all the time on this podcast it's totally fine which i mean is fine <laughs> for us as fandom yeah. as, a, as fans like but honestly as much as we're reading into it there's a colin and i were saying like there's a lot of theories out there I, well, it's I learned also not even out yet. So let, they yeah. could have those. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I learned how to overread into things from college from my intro to poetry class. I pretty much was taught <laughs> to overread into things. She pretty much said, like, if you think this is true, give that like the writer the you know the benefit of the doubt and give them the credit for doing that thing, whether it was in purpose or not. Like, <laughs> you know, you write so many like bullcrap essays where you're like, oh yes, they were totally mimicking the the wing pattern of birds with their syllables they were using for sure for sure oh man i'm ready for the robert frost uh, podcast hour <laughs> yeah i'm pretty much an expert in poetry after my one uh, intro to poetry class yeah <laughs> i'm fluent in spanish after taking fluent sophomore spanish. spanish i actually am fluent in spanish but anyway <laughs> um the only thing i know how to say in spanish is where's the library that's because i always mix up the word for library and bathroom well, well biblioteca is just fun biblioteca. to say. Biblioteca is just fun to say. So. Exactly. Well, also yeah. if you're a community fan, but. Yeah, so uh, I, I love the, the design of Future Leo. It's so cool. Like you're saying, the arm is just wild. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm re-watching the, episode, or the scene right now. They're just, it's just so cool. I want, I want a toy of this. How do we get one? I know. How do we make them? And like the, um, God, the design of the Krang are just so like we're we're joking. I mean, I was joking earlier that it's very Kang and Kodos, but like, God, the Krang droid suits are so good, especially the main one. Yeah, they do like, look cool. And well, just the the final fight with him and Leo, like, God, like Leo chucks his sword at it, the shots in the trailer, but like Leo chucks his sword at him and he like sidesteps it. Oh, it's so good. Um and. There's a lot of like genuinely like very like it goes hard anime influences at the end, mm-hmm. which like that rise wears its anime influences on its sleeve. So like that's to be expected. But like yeah. the way that fight is choreographed and the way the Krang is like just a huge like menace and like yeah, the, the Krang are just very menacing. Like, like you said, like for the, in this movie where the other versions are just like small little bits that they kind of just like brush off. It's like, oh, it's a tiny little brain. And then they're supposed to be, you know, uh, scared of the giant like mech that they use. But they're just well, they're a force on their own. And not only not only like the mech thing, like I I wasn't kidding about the body horror, like the way they capture the Foot Clan and like turn them all into like monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that's horrifying. And then, like, April melts the face off of Krang 2. Oh, yeah. Or she, like, melts her eye out. Yeah. And then it was funny, like, my wife and I were watching it, and uh, the <laughs> the way the, uh, in the, in the fight in the construction area, and, like, all the beams are coming down on her, and, like, one of them goes through her head. <laughs> and I was like, the only way they got away with showing that, like, go through her head, is because it went through the it's hole the that eye, was already yeah. burned out. Yeah, well, it's like on the 2003 series, they're able to like chop off Shredder's head, and it's because he's actually a crane. You know, well, he's actually a neutron. And well, yeah, I mean, body. like that's that's you why know? they used droids in in the prequel 
uh, Star Wars movies because yeah. they didn't want to have to show people get arms cut off. Like, yeah, yeah. but, but it was fun though. It's a, it's an eye beam that went through her. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, man. That's one thing I liked about this movie too, is like, it didn't pull any punches. Like, especially like when like that Krang like jumps at the helicopter and like, like, uh, rips it apart and he jumps the other helicopter where the camera is and it just goes like static. I was like, Oh, oh yeah, man, this is sweet. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of ironic that like this is kind of like the dark and gritty turtles fight that a lot of people have been wanting. <laughs> I know, and yeah, it's yeah. in rise. And they're never gonna give it a chance, are they? And they're never gonna give it a chance. Yeah, I'd say if you like the if you were enticed by the trailer, like it does not disappoint. It's exactly what's in the trailer. It's really, I mean, which really is good. which is good because like I I there are a lot of people that are like, Oh, I didn't like the show, but this looks pretty cool. And it's like I genuinely think that a lot of people are going to be surprised i think the rise community is going to be very surprised at this movie i think turtle they're fans in general yeah they're not ready for it like they're, they're not going to be able to handle it in any way <laughs> like every time like, like colin and i like we send we i like i i send him posts and we're like they're not ready <laughs> no way we feel so bad for everybody no um, i'm excited for them like i but i'm, I'm yeah yeah and just like kudos to the crew for pulling this off. Like um, a lot of, a lot of the people, like a lot of the cast were saying like, you guys aren't ready for this movie. And like genuinely oh, they're, right. they're right. Like I was not ready for the roller coaster of this, right? Like I knew things to expect, but like just the way it was done was just so good. Yeah. And like uh, you were saying about like the pulling the punches, uh, yeah, I'm just, I rewatched the opening scene, like just Mikey destroying himself. And then Leo, like immediately just getting shocked with a laser, just evaporated. And it's just, yeah. oh man, well, it's just so brutal. I imagine them working on the movie. They were just like, what are they going to do? Cancel the show? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's, yeah, exactly. You know, well, uh, there's, there's even like season four of Ninja Turtles where like they'd, well, like the 2003 series where they'd finished like, they finished like the story with shredder. And so like, it just started like, kind of like really digging into like darker areas and stuff like that. And I felt like it was because they're like, well, we've told the story we want to tell. Now we can push more boundaries. And I feel like that's what's happening with this movie too. Is that it's like, did something similar with like the zombie shredder. Yeah. Towards like the end of season four and, and, uh, and in yeah, season five. And so I feel like this show's kind of doing the same thing again. You know, it's like pushing the boundaries because it's like, what are they going to do? Cancel the show? Like, you know, where it's already over. You know, they were able to really take it to the next level because of that. Yeah, like this is very much the final hurrah of the Rise era. Yeah. Like, and the it's not it's not 100% confirmed, but like it is. Yeah. Like this could, like this is it. Like this is the last piece of Rise anything that's going to be coming out um and crossing my fingers now because i i went into this expecting that and like mentally preparing to be like i'm okay with if with it if this is the last piece of rise that i get now i want more and (laughs) i'm mad at this movie for making me change my position Uh, i'm still okay with it if this is the final rise thing they ended pretty much in the place I wanted them to like, you know, Leo accepts that he's leading, you know, Donnie had a little bit of emotional growth. Um, God, the, the line about his, his Donnie pods when he's like, 
they get back to the lair and he's like interviewing every, everybody like how was your rescues what would you say you're satisfied very satisfied extremely satisfied and then everybody's like donnie shut up and he's like i'm sorry data collection you know, calms <laughs> me down yeah. and it's like such a like a it's such a cute character thing that i love that line uh reminds me of my best friend but yeah uh it's it's just oh man i i'm i'm torn because like yeah like i said i want more rise now but i'm also like i'm very cool if that was it i i think we should appreciate that there are not very many shows that um get to finish uh twice actually like yeah canceled and they did a finale and it was fantastic and then they got their movie and they got to do that again and i think it's a great movie i i love it so like there are so many shows that just get canceled and that's the end of it at least uh rise it is still part of the greater ninja turtle franchise and it will always live on whether you hate it or love it but uh I think as time goes by, uh, people will appreciate it much more than yep. they did initially. Well, next week we'll be going back to the 87 series and we'll be covering episodes 23, 24, and 25 of season four. So that's Rhino Man, Michelangelo meets Bugman, and Poor Little Rich Turtle. Sounds great. Yeah, they sound like the 87 series, but we're ready to crack down. <laughs> Absolutely. Who <on> <laughs> <Two> bangers? Yeah. <laughs> ready to crack down on it and continue it uh so yeah that's our show this week guys thank you so much for listening thank you again colin for coming on with us today and uh until next time cowabunga dudes cowabunga you got portal chopped Atsu? <laughs>
Goodbye, guys. Bye.